Welcome to The Sweat Room, a podcast of Watermark Wesleyan Church. Get it, got it, give it. Here in The Sweat Room, we dive into today's questions about sports and faith. Yeah, on uh, special teams, obviously, you have a bunch of different guys, a bunch of different positions that you're responsible for, and they're very, very different. So Reed does a very, very different job than like Tyler Matikiewicz, one of our linebackers, who's a great cover guy. Those guys do different jobs and have different tasks. And now here's your hosts. Noah and Bjorn. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the 59th episode of The Sweat Room. My name is Noah Corsten, and alongside my co-host Bjorn Webb, we are so honored and so blessed to have you today for our episode with assistant special teams coach Matthew Smiley. This is our fifth week of our Buffalo Bill series, and we wanted to continue with another great one. Coach Smiley has served in our military. He's a coach, he was a football player, and he's just an over all a leader and a great man. He started on as a walk-on wide receiver for the University of Illinois. He served in our U.S. Air Force, and I just want to take a moment as well. For all of you who served in our military, we continue just to thank you for your service to the United States of America. We really, really appreciate that. He also went on to volunteer with the University of North Dakota's football team. He worked at Dartmouth College, Eureka College, Eastern Illinois University, and eventually he started his NFL coaching career in 2013 with the Jacksonville Jaguars and in 2017 he is now with the Buffalo Bills as the special teams assistant guys you guys are in for a treat for an amazing conversation we talk Buffalo Bills leadership his faith journey and why he loves Buffalo so much such a fun conversation with coach Matthew Smiley today it's him and I today I'm flying solo so no Bjorn today but Today is a fun conversation with Coach Smiley. But if you're new to our podcast, welcome. We're so honored to have you. Our motto is get it, got it, give it. We're always in every phase of this, always learning, always teaching, and always applying. And we like to say here at the Sweat Room, everybody has a story. It's just a little bit different platform. And that's what we love here at the Sweat Room. We love hearing about being in the NFL. That's cool. We love hearing about high school sports, professional sports. But what we've loved out of this podcast is getting to hear people's stories, people's testimonies. That's what we believe here is following Jesus is the most important thing in our lives. That's what we believe here at the Sweat Room Sports and Faith Podcast. And that's what we believe here at Watermark Wesleyan Church as well. We believe that following Jesus is worth everything. So we're so excited for you to hear this conversation with Coach Smiley. And if you really enjoyed today's conversation, highly encouraged to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you on social. You can follow us on Watermark Sports on Facebook and Instagram. On Twitter, it's a little bit different. It's at Sweat Room Pod. And I like to say here before every podcast, if you have pen and paper, get it out and take notes, whether it's a thought, it's a whole sentence, maybe it's a page or pages, Jot some notes down because Coach Smiley is going to say some incredible things with you all today. So excited for that. But even if you don't, we have a blog. You can check that out on our show notes, but you can check that out at watermarkwesleyan.com slash blog. Go check it out. So without further ado, here's my interview with Coach Matthew Smiley. Well, we want to welcome to the Sweat Room, Coach Matthew Smiley. Coach, thank you for joining us today on the Sweat Room. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm, I'm glad you invited me. Uh, I really enjoy uh, the podcast you guys are doing, so this is going to be fun. Uh, we really appreciate that, and that means a lot. And you're part of our Buffalo Bill series. And last week we had Reed and Blake Ferguson, and I I know Reed is somebody that you you know pretty well. 
Yeah, I actually got a chance to listen to that most recent uh, podcast with he and his brother. They did a phenomenal job. Uh, Reed got up here to Buffalo a year before I did. So Reed and I have uh, really got to know each other well, and it's been it's been fun watching him grow. Very cool. Well, I know one of the things about you is you were in Jacksonville for a time and you were a head coach there. And I was going to ask you a Tim Tebow question, but I'm like, you know what? I better not. But I, I'd love to know what, what was one of your highlight, one of your favorite moments being in Jacksonville? I know that was one of your first coaching jobs in the NFL, correct? It sure was. Uh, I got to Jacksonville in 2013. I had coached college before that. And so uh, I was excited to be in the NFL. That was the first time that we'd lived that far south as a family. So that was that was a pretty special time in, in my life, my wife's life, and our, our youngest son. We have four children. Our youngest son was born down in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, wow. As far as football entertainment goes, I'm excited to see what happens to Tim Tebow down in Jacksonville as far as uh, football X's and O's. Uh, I don't really have an opinion. <laughs> well, that's fair. So no, I appreciate that. And uh, I know you served in our military for a while. So thank you for serving in our military. Um, I mentioned that in, in, in your bio in the beginning of a show, but you, you've been around the world as well. And I'd love to know what, what makes Buffalo different from any other city that you've lived in. And on that note, what makes the Buffalo Bills fan base different from any other fans in the country? It's a phenomenal fan base. Um, really talking about the fan base, talking about the city. The biggest thing that I've found is that everybody's kind of pulling in the same direction. So you have all, all kinds of different people, but uh, I know in our neighborhood, we got real lucky. We picked a house, we're over in Lakeview, and we picked a house just because it was the right size for our family. And we fell into a really good neighborhood with really good neighbors. And the thing that's been so impressive to us, they're all giant Buffalo Bills fans, but at the same time, they're, they never give us a hard time about, you know, if there was a bad game or if a kicker missed a kick or uh, it kind of feels like we're all in it together, which is very rare in the coaching profession. You're a little bit of a mercenary moving place to place. And uh, we feel like here in Buffalo, we've really been in, embraced by our neighborhood and, and really the, the fans at large, which has been phenomenal. As far as Western New York goes, like you had mentioned, we came up here from Florida and a, a lot of people gave us a hard time when we came up. Oh, you're gonna deal with a lot of snow. You're gonna deal with the weather. Uh, my wife and I grew up in central Illinois, so we were used to the seasons. And in my time in the military, my home base was North Dakota. So we were used to yeah. we were used to having a winter season and and we love the changing seasons. We love having a phenomenal spring into summer, having a fall with the leaves changing, you know, getting that feel when, when it's football weather. And so yeah. so we're real, we're real happy that we get to experience those seasons. Now, granted, there is probably about six weeks I could do without, but you gotta take, hey. you gotta take the bad with the good. No, I agree. And and here in Western New York, it's starting to get warm and really enjoying that. And man, I, I'd love to know as well, following up on North Dakota, do you think it's colder than Buffalo? Because like North Dakota can be real cold. I don't think some of our listeners really understand that. There was one night on the flight line, I was working night shifts and it was minus 
54 and that was ambient temperature <laughs> that was not wind chill wow. and we had a we had a specific mission that night that we couldn't abort so me and my guys were out on the flight line and it was minus 54 ambient temperature so yeah it's i mean north dakota anybody that complains about a buffalo january february send them my way and i will let them know <laughs> about the great plains of north dakota Oh, I love it. That is awesome. Yeah, I, I definitely will, will do that. Well, well, coach, one, I'd love to know when was the moment that you knew you wanted to be a football coach and not only be a football coach, but be a coach in the NFL? Uh, that's a great question. It's really two. It's a two parter and one has nothing to do with the other. So for me, I knew I wanted to be a football coach. My dad was a high school teacher and a high, and a high school basketball coach. He quit coaching when I was young, uh, but he kept coaching. I have two, myself and two younger brothers. He kept coaching us in all the sports we did. Yeah. Um, and, and so that was my, that was kind of my first, uh, that was my first example of a coach was my dad. So I knew from an early age that I, that it was in the back of my head, I wanted to be a coach. I looked at some other majors when I got into college, but I, I realized, you know, I, I think I want to be a coach. And at that point, it was a it was a college football coach. That was the dream. Wow. So I bounced all over the country coaching college football, all uh, all divisions, uh, Division One, Division Two, Ivy League. I was actually a professor at a Division Three school for a while, which is a whole different podcast. Wow. Uh, but so I bounced all around and, and just trying to make it as a as a college coach. And it was it was a lotto ticket. It was a blessing from God that I made it to the NFL. I didn't ever have any aspirations. That was that was almost a dream too big at the time as I was moving to different colleges. Wow. That's awesome. Did you have a preference on which division that you coached between divisions one to three? Um, Even I they are very, very, very different. The higher up you get in college football, uh, the more money that exists for sure, the more nonsense that exists. Probably mm -hmm. the, the, uh, it's more, um, unsettled as far as being able to stay at one place for a long time. So just like any other college coach, I was trying to climb the ladder and trying to look for that next, next best job. But sometimes the grass isn't always greener. It's a tough racket. Right. Well, I know one of the things about you as well, coach, is you were, you were an athlete as well, and uh, you were a walk-on on college, and which is awesome. I, a lot of our listeners are athletes and coaches, and so I, I'd love to know what what drove you to keep going when when doubt or uncertainty kept would, would crept in. I'm I'm sure that that happened um, during that time. Yeah, as a walk-on, doubt and uncertainty creeps in almost on a daily basis. Uh, mm. I'm, I uh, went to the University of Illinois, and that was the only school I applied to. Both of my parents had gone there. I was probably 12 years old before I realized that there were other colleges than uh, the University of Illinois. I thought that's just yeah. where you went after high school. So that's where I wanted to go. Well, there was a rule in our house that you had, you had to do an extracurricular in college. Did not matter what it was, but my dad mm -hmm. thought that was a good way to make sure that we were filling our time and, and uh, uh, keeping busy, keeping active. So I, I announced to him at the dinner table one night, this was late in my junior year of high school, that my extracurricular was going to be football. I was going to walk onto the football team. And, and my dad, as I mentioned, was a high school basketball coach. He was a, a great athlete in his own right. Now his 
high school because we were in the country in central Illinois. His high school growing up didn't even have football. So football wow. was a little bit of a, a new deal to him, and I wasn't allowed to start playing until I got to high school. So he had really only done, you know, three and a half years of football other than just being an NFL fan. So when I told him I was going to walk on to the Big Ten football team, uh, the, <laughs> the normally very supportive father said, well, are you sure? Uh, let maybe double, maybe double think that I said, no, 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 this is, I'm gonna give it a shot. And I knew at that point I had already considered, uh, being a coach. I thought that'd be great experience. If they let me be on the team, that'd be a great experience to kind of see behind the scenes and, mm. and, uh, really long answer to your, your question about doubt and uncertainty after my freshman year of college, all the walk-ons um late late in that freshman year they released all the walk-ons uh, wow uh, released is a, a fancy nfl term really really what they did is they called all of us into the head coach's office because it was his first year as a head coach there ron turner and they had let a lot of walk-ons in kind of you know community relations type deal uh having local local guys be walk-ons so he cut us all loose um, he said, you guys can come back and try out next semester, but as of right now, it's a, you got to start fresh. So I told my dad, hey, I'm probably done. I don't, I don't want the, I don't want the stress of trying out again. And I'll never forget it. He and I were talking and he said, if you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. And remember, this is the guy that initially thought it wasn't a great idea. He said, if you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it, but don't make your decision based on fear. If you're just scared, then don't don't do it because of that. If you have other good reasons, uh, that's fine. I won't stop you. And as soon as it came out of his mouth, I thought, ah, oh, crap. I it's just because I'm scared. And so <laughs> I so I went back. I went back that next semester, tried out, made it again, remade the team, and, wow. and was able to was able to be on the team as a as a player and then eventually transition as an undergrad i transitioned to coaching i uh, was really a, a graduate assistant coach but as an undergraduate because at that point i started telling the coaches hey i'm i'm doing that i know i'm not a, a good enough football player on the field to play big 10 football but i'm doing this because i want to coach so i started to do some behind the scenes stuff i started to help them with wow. the projects and then it eventually transitioned where they let me really, really full-time coach as an undergrad. So it, it turned out to be a, a phenomenal opportunity. Wow. That's, that's powerful. And I, I love what, what you said is don't make a decision out of fear and how often that's true. And I, I can imagine, especially as walk-ons, I'm sure fear and doubt crep in, uh, crep in, creep in pretty easily. So that, thanks for sharing that. So obviously that really launched you into your coaching career and now you're in Buffalo. How did you end up with the Buffalo Bills? I uh, got let go in Jacksonville. And the head coach at the time in Jacksonville uh, was Doug Marone, who was the head coach up here in Buffalo before Rex Ryan. Well, when okay. Doug Marone was the head coach up here, his special teams coordinator was Danny Crossman. And Danny mm. Crossman stayed on with Rex Ryan. And Danny Crossman stayed on with Coach McDermott. So um, when I got let go in Jacksonville, Doug Marone uh, said, thanks, your services are no longer needed, but I think I can find you another job. He knew that Danny was looking for somebody. So he made a call up here and, and, and put in a good word for me and got me an interview up here. So it, that, that's the strange deal of this business that, that really 
he let me go down there for probably reasons that I that I don't know and and didn't have access to, but he liked me well enough and thought I did a good enough job that he was willing to to recommend me up 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 here. So I came up for an interview, ended up getting the job up here, and thrilled that it worked out. Wow, and we're glad to have you in Buffalo. And man, that, as Coach McDermott would say, you guys are trusting the process of everything. But man, the future is looking bright. And as a diehard Denver Broncos fan, I I know probably not Super Bowl, but the Bills. I, there's the possible Super Bowl there, which is an exciting feeling, especially for this city, because um, there's been anticipation of just real championship caliber football for a while now yeah did so, you, you said did you say you're a die hard denver broncos but then you immediately said no chance of the super bowl uh not not this year unless unless aaron Rodgers ends up going to to denver i then i would think about it but right now Denver, Denver has got some young talent, but they got a ways to go. You, oh, here you got to believe, man. I yeah. am, I am a believer. I well, am. Man, a believer. Come on, my, my list. Let's our listeners are gonna in. laugh at me. Listen, I, I, I would love to see the Broncos play the Bills in the playoffs, and I have, I, I even think they might go to the playoffs this year. I don't well, think it's okay. Gonna, we're getting somewhere. Okay. Yeah, I don't think they'll go. See, I'm not like, I'm not like a. I don't know. I'm not the type of fan who's going to be like, whatever. But I, I thought they were going to go to the playoffs last year, and then they got dismantled with injuries. And, yeah, I was a little disappointed, but that's all right. So, anyways, Coach, for you, how would you describe your job to someone who does not necessarily know what special teams are? And I'd love to ask a follow-up question. The way that your job is – so this is going to be a two-part question – the way that your job is, you're, you're a special teams coach, and, and you, you – coach different guys like Reed Ferguson, who's a long snapper, but then you have a pro bowler and Andre Roberts, who's a great return specialist. And then guys like Tyler Bass, like how do you coach guys like that? And how do you approach it as well? Kind of a lengthy question. Yeah. On uh, special teams, obviously you have a bunch of different guys, a bunch of different positions that you're responsible for. And they're very, very different. So Reed does a very, very different job than like Tyler Matikiewicz, one of our linebackers, who's a great cover guy. Those guys do different jobs and have different tasks. But I don't look at it like that. I look at it as does not matter, football coach, banker, pastor, teacher, you are going to deal with people that are very, 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 very different. So it's mm -hmm. easy for us to see, hey, a snapper is different than a kicker, is different than a long, the, the, uh, than a linebacker. But in all actuality, if you look at the individuals and if you care about the individuals, they, they are vastly different. You could walk into a position room, the wide receivers, and depending on what time of year it is, there's 15 guys in there, there's six guys in there, and all of them are very, 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 very different. So even though in that example, they're all playing the same position, it's helpful for me and as I've grown in my career to see those guys as specific individuals with specific wants and needs. And sure. so that has that that's how I look at it. And it doesn't matter. It's special teams, offense, defense. Um, that's that's helpful. That's awesome. And. Yeah, I, I've always wondered that, especially as a special teams coach of uh, just wondering, man, especially in the NFL, like I growing up playing football, I played a little bit in college myself. You can see how special teams work, but you know, it's different at each level. 
Um, and that's cool to hear. So uh, really loved hearing that. And uh, I'm sure a lot of our listeners, that's the first time hearing a little of the behind the scenes of special teams as well. So that's awesome. So coach, one of the things that makes our podcast different than most podcasts is we're sports and faith podcasts. And, and we love hearing people's stories and, and journeys of how they came to know Christ. So we'd love to know yours. Uh, tell us a little of your faith journey and how you came to know Christ. I, I grew up in a Methodist church and uh, my folks made sure if the, if the doors were open for an activity, the smileys were in their pew. And so I had a, uh, a very solid exposure to the gospel at a young age. And uh, we'd have, you know, a different pastor would come in every couple of years. So they all, all had their different style. Uh, they probably all had their slightly different emphasis. But I, I'm, I'm blessed to say that 97% of the time it was very biblical and it was very loving. Uh, so that was... That was a that was a very positive way to grow up, and so at a young age, I decided to accept Christ as my Savior, and uh, probably probably similar to a lot of people initially, the motivation was okay. Wh- wh- what did the Sunday school t- teacher say about hell? Well, that doesn't mm. that doesn't sound good. I, I think I can make a rational decision in comparison to heaven and hell. So even though I accepted Christ at a young age the growth that's happened for me at different rates and at different points in my adult life have been really the exciting part of my walk. And I know a lot of times uh, that, that initial, um, that initial conversion, the testimony of some people later in life. uh, uh, I know as a teenager, I would listen to some people's testimony and think, Oh gosh, that, that's that was very exciting. They were, you know, they were in a shipwreck and they they found Jesus right before right before the sharks were coming. Right. I, I was just a young kid in Sunday school, but but for me, uh, I think there's a lot of power in as an adult, as someone who is a believer. How much are you willing to grow? Uh, in your walk with others as a, as somebody who is a disciple and wants to disciple people. Mm, That's good. And I think you guys are doing a great job as an organization, as coaches, um, as men, I think you guys are leading just the bills very well. Um, And from a faith standpoint, I think what's going on behind the scenes and even with your, your families as well, I think it's cool to see how you guys are, are really being lights for, for the city um, and setting the example. And I love hearing that. And I think oftentimes you're right in terms of testimonies so many people are like, are drawn to, yeah, it was like the crazy shipwreck, kind of like you were saying, but that's not a lot of people's stories. It's, it's not, it's not always glamorous, but you know, God still uses that and there's power in our testimonies and, and sharing it. So really appreciate you sharing that. Um, so coach, you strike me as a leader and I've, from what I've seen, you establish healthy rhythms and routines. And even as we are recording this, this is the earliest recording that I personally have done in the morning and for our listeners real time, this we're, we're early in the morning, which is great. It's, it's six in the morning and it's great. I'm loving this. So to me, that already tells me that you have a healthy rhythm and routine. So how do you maintain your relationship with Christ in the during the season and how do you how do you balance your time with your your family, friends, and work? 
We, I know you, you have had on your show, Len Vandenboss, one of the first episodes, I think. Yep. Um, Len Vandenboss is our chaplain here at the Bills. And we, we have a, a very, very good, um, we have very good support system here with Len that we have coaches Bible study really every week all the way through the season. So during, during the regular season and, and in the off season, there's a few breaks in there, but it is very, very structured. And, um, and we get together as a coaching staff and either even other support, uh, support elements in the building trainers, uh, strength coaches, people from the front office. It's a big group of men that, that meet very regularly. So that's a giant help to stay in the word, no matter what the, you know, if it's getting ready for a playoff game or it's May and you're getting ready for a, a phase two football school. So that's, that's been a big help for sure. And it, it can be easy to get distracted as somebody who works in the NFL, because sometimes it can seem like your highs are very high and your lows can be very low. But I think that's one of the big challenges of working in this business is that a lot of it is nonsense. A lot of it is materialistic. Uh, uh, and a lot of it is fake. It's not real. So if you can keep, if you can keep what's real in front of you, then it, it does a lot to keep those highs a little more leveled out and keep your lows from being a, being a terrible valley. Mm. Wow. No, that's really good. And I'd love to ask a follow-up question from there as well. Um, to you, what makes a good leader? Oh boy. Okay. Well, well, this is going to be a two part podcast. <laughs> no, if you're going to, what makes a good leader? Okay. Well, I'm going to, uh, this, you want to go down this road where it's going to be a, you ready for this? I'm ready. Okay. Here's my first question to yes. you, Noah. Is there anybody, you don't have to name them. <laughs> is there anybody in your life that you lead? Is there anybody in your life that you lead? Yes. Yes, I do. Okay. That person, if you have a specific person in your mind that you lead them, when you're thinking about what's best for them, do you think of how it relates to you or do you think of them entirely? I think of them entirely, of that specific person. Of that specific person. Great. Now, I don't know who that person is. I'm guessing it's somebody close to you. So maybe a family member or could even be yourself. Is that true? Yes. Okay. So probably somebody you have a deep relationship with. So it's easy for you to say, I think about them when I think about leading them. True? Yeah. I'm thinking of my okay. brother. So this is this is a good example. Okay. Okay, great. So your brother, you have a lot of shared history with him. You have uh, a deep sense of respect and a deep sense of connection. So you think about him first when you're trying to lead him. Yeah. My argument would be for a good leader, whether it's in a company, whether it's in a church, whether it's in a school, the closer you can get to thinking about your people first, the better leader you will be. Mm. I think many leaders have many specific traits. Some are very charismatic, some are very organized, some are um, very motivational. Mm -hmm. I think all those are characteristics that can be nurtured and some do some better than others. But for me, it is, are you willing to think of the people underneath you before you think of the needs of yourself? If, the, if you can, then you can be a good leader. Wow, 
That's really good. I, 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 that's a different take. And we've asked, I've asked that question to a few different really high class leaders who have been on our podcast and man, that's, that was one of the best ones that I've heard. And I, that was a great answer coach. So thank you for that. I, I, I say to our listeners all the time to, to take notes. And that was a moment to take notes because that was awesome. That was so good. So coach, I, I'd love to to follow up in terms of leadership and faith. Um, and as we're coming to a close, a few more questions. Um, how do you, what would be your best piece of advice to our, to, to maybe our younger listeners and athletes um, to not only to be a leader, but to live out their faith in front of others? How, how would you, what, what's your best piece of advice to live out their faith in front of other people? Um, I would say read, my biggest piece of advice would be read. So read the Bible, read un- other interesting books, be a learner because then you can have more confidence in what you believe. You can have more confidence in how you carry yourself. And uh, I, I think I think Reed said this. I, I listened to I listened to the last podcast yesterday. So if I'm stealing if I'm stealing this from Reed or Blake, I apologize. But there's there's a time there's a time and a place. There's a time and a place. So when you're when you're when you can model your faith, when you can be confident in your faith and and uh, confident in your ability to ask tough questions, you know, from, from your pastor, from your youth group leader, from if it's, if it's a, a older listener from your small group, if you can ask tough questions and, and build that confidence, you'll have a better chance to model. You'll have a better chance to walk it out uh, so that when that time and a place arrives, you've already ra- laid a groundwork uh, with your behavior. Uh, I don't know who said it, so I'm definitely not taking credit for this, but um, I heard it once said that what you do speak so loudly, I can't hear what you mm-hmm. say. So model. Can you that say that one more time? Is, yeah. Now, now you're going to have to recheck this to make sure I say it exactly the, exactly the same. I don't have it in front of me. Uh, what you do speak so loudly, I can't hear what you say. Wow. But that's that idea of being able to model it and, and I'd say along with reading the Bible and reading interesting books, and I, I hit it briefly, but be willing to ask tough questions. And it's not tough questions to jam up your pastor, or your youth group leader, or your small group. You're not trying to put them in an awkward position, but it starts a conversation. And it may you may ask a question to somebody and realize, oh, that's not the person I want to ask questions to. Okay, keep moving on. Find somebody that's willing to dialogue with you about your faith. And be be willing to say, wow, that's a great question. I, I don't think I know either. Let's let's dive into that a little bit. But search for that. That's a big that's a big deal. Be a learner. Be 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 somebody that's inquisitive to to ask enough questions to to strengthen your knowledge. And that's part of the motto of our podcast is to have that posture of learning and growing. That's exactly right. And to be in every phase of that. Yeah, that's so good. And what's your quick recommendation? I'd love to know what what's one of your favorite books in the Bible? And then what are just some some maybe quick books that you that have really shaped you as well? Okay, uh, as a um, as a coach's Bible study, as a Buffalo Bills Bible study right now, we're going through the book of Matthew. Mm. So we're doing Sermon on the Mount. We're doing Beatitudes. Um, I'll give you a book recommendation, but I thought about it. 
um, this morning as I was driving in. I, I really like Brene Brown mm. as an author, as a speaker, but she has a she has a Netflix uh, speech that I would recommend to people. I'll tell you, there is a couple bad words in there, so maybe don't watch <laughs> it as a family. Watch it as a grown-up first. Sure. Uh, but she does a speech about... Um, uh, vulnerability, really humility. And to me, for me, I think it's Galatians 5.22. It's wow. fruits of the spirit is what she's talking about, but she wow. obviously doesn't, it's not, it's not religious based when she's presenting, but sure. it's, a, it's a very interesting uh, thought of uh, having the fruits of spirit and uh, those beatitudes in the Sermon on the Mount, you know, uh, um, really humbling yourself before God and, and looking to serve other people. And then a book, uh, this is a bad, you'll have to edit this because this is a bad sales job. I'm, <laughs> deep in, I'm deep into a book right now that's probably a niche market, but it's called The Coach's Guide to Teaching. It's by Doug Lamov, L-E-M-O-V. Okay. It, it, it is a phenomenal book. I am not recommending it as a fun read. It is not a fun read, but I think it applies to others not just coaches, it has a coaching, um, it has a coaching bend to it. But if you're in any, if you're in any line of work where you have to teach people, you have to instruct them, you have to get them to understand things. It, it's a deep dive, but I'll, I'll throw that out there for the three listeners that it would really strike. With. <laughs> no, that's great. So yeah, we'll, we'll definitely put, put that in as a recommendation and I'll have to, I'll have to look that up. So awesome. Well, coaches, we're, we're finishing up. Thank you again for, for being on with us. Um, and just a few more questions and I just want to honor your time. Um, but for you, it, as we're coming up to the season, a lot of, people are expecting a lot of big things from the bills this year, which is awesome. And you guys have, have built a culture and a winning culture. Um, what would you, what are some of your expectations for the bills this season? And maybe what are some of your goals for your special teams guys this season? I think that's a fair question. I think that's a, uh, it's interesting because like coach McDermott always says, trust the process. Right. I heard it, I, I heard it say before one other place I, I worked at, focus on the root, not the fruit. Mm. Well, if, if that's what you're doing, if that's what you believe in, if you believe in trust the process, if you believe in focus on the day-to-day -day and be the best you can day-to-day, -day, it really takes you out of that world of expectations and uh, when it comes to wins and losses. So that's I know that's infuriating <laughs> to a fan as they're, as they're listening to this. But if I'm talking to you as a real person on this podcast, I would tell you I don't I don't think about that one second. I really don't. Now, if you want to edit this, in order for it to be a great uh, fire up for a general fan, I would say I have lofty expectations of many wins and just a phenomenal season. But yeah. uh, honestly, Noah, that I don't it. It doesn't work that way for me, and I know that that may sound ridiculous uh, to some of the some of the listeners. And it's not that I don't value those wins any less, and it's not that I don't uh, you know I don't really hope for a phenomenal season, and, and it's not that I don't think we have a tremendous ball club that that Brandon Bean set up and tremendous coaches that are trying to grow these men. All that I think is true. But I don't, I don't think about that in terms of wins and losses when it comes to vision for the upcoming season. Sure, and that's okay. And do you have any goals for your for your special teams guys at all? Is maybe you can't share, but I'm sure, I'm sure. There's no, no. What we talk about in special teams, we talk about uh, 
playing fast, playing smart, and playing with juice. Nice. Play fast, play smart, play with juice. And we look at every practice through that lens. We look at every game through that lens. So when a special teams unit's really getting it done, it's when they're taking care of one another, they're celebrating together, they are playing hard, first kickoff to last punt return during the course of the game. Uh, they're they're coordinated and being being smart football players out there. So hopefully there was a few times last year when just just a standard uh, fan on, can see, could see on TV that the special teams had a lot of juice out there, and we were we were really working together, and and those guys were playing for one another. Hopefully that that showed up to the fans, but that's the that's the goal. That's the that's what's very exciting as a coach to get those guys to to play at that level where they're they're grinding for one another and keeping their energy and their excitement up through a very very long season. That's great and. Hopefully we see Reed Ferguson in the Pro Bowl next year. <laughs> is fan vote not a part of that? Am I right? It's true, it's true. So let's, I don't know how many listeners we got. We go, back, <laughs> we go back to back Ferguson brothers and then another Buffalo Bills guy who's a special teams guy. If we can't start this snowball, I don't know when they start Pro Bowl voting, but if it's available, we should all start right now. He had my, I have four kids. He had all four of my kids online voting for him last year and we couldn't get it done. So we got to get that. Yeah, you're right. We got to get that done this year. That's all. Gotta get it done. That's a goal. And, and maybe we can do that. We can help facilitate that. The yeah, that, yeah, that's, I mean, he's going to do his part. There's no doubt. Right. We got to do our part and get online and get that going. Well, awesome. Well, coach, thank you for joining us today. And as we wrap up, do you have any final thoughts and just words of encouragement for, for our listeners today? Uh, one of the things that's been on my heart this last year with all, with all the things going on with the pandemic, and it's really opened our eyes to a lot of maybe, maybe issues out there outside of your home and inside of your home that you didn't know existed. Uh, and I would say really lean into the things that you've learned the last year. So all of us have learned things that we, we never were aware of my guess, just because we were all put in situations that we never imagined we'd be put in. And so there's been some things that have come up, I'm sure, in all of our listeners' lives. Don't ignore that because things are starting to go back to normal. Don't say, oh, thank goodness, I don't have to worry about that thing that came up six months ago. No, no, it's a, it's potentially a blessing that you were made aware of of that issue, whatever it is, maybe it's a good thing, Okay, keep growing it. Maybe it's a bad thing. Okay, deal with it. Uh, and, and don't just ignore it because things are getting back to normal. Wow, good word. And coach, thank you again for joining us. And we'll, we'll continue just to trust the process. And got, was honored to see Coach McDermott speak last night at, at one of the churches here in Buffalo. And as you'd say, it's a spiritual process as well. So, man, I'm really excited for you guys. And I really think God has big things, not only for you, but for, for the rest of that staff and, and the players as well. So thanks again for joining us today. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Now you got your whole day in front of you, bud. Whole day in front of me. This is great. <laughs> Well, I hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast with Coach Matthew Smiley. He did such a great job, an amazing man and an amazing leader. And my biggest takeaway from today's podcast was when he said, what you do speaks so loudly, I can't hear what you say. 
meaning your actions speak so much louder than your words. So good. And next week, we have Pete Metzelars on the podcast. We're continuing the Buffalo Bills series. He's a former tight end for the Bills. He entered the league in the 80s. He got drafted by the Seahawks, then gets traded to the Buffalo Bills. And he was part of those four Super Bowl teams. And he talks about that. And he was also a coach for the Indianapolis Colts with Tony Dungy, Peyton Manning. He coached Dallas Clark. Such a fun conversation. Here's an excerpt. Steve Tasker kind of always says that we never said this, but he and I were talking at some point early in the third quarter when it got to be 35 to three, Man. when they, they picked off a pass at our first drive. And, you know, so we're at halftime. We're like, Hey, we're going to get this going. We're going to, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do that. So we go out and we throw an interception in the first series and Bubba McDowell catches it and takes it back for a touchdown. It's 35 to three. So it's like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, there's no, you just don't come back from 35 to three. Thanks for listening to the sweat room sports and faith podcast. We hope you enjoyed. If you'd like to stay connected with us, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at watermark sports on Twitter at sweat room pod and our new blog at watermarkwesleyan.com slash blog until next time, get it, got it and give it. Thanks for listening to The Sweat Room, a podcast of Watermark Wesleyan Church. 